Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sidious Mag Podcast. I'm Chris Chavez, and this is my show where I get the chance to chat with some of the biggest names on the track, on the roads, within the coaching ranks, and across the running industry. But actually, for this episode, I'm turning over the reins to my dear friend, Allie Feller, the host of the Allie on the Run show, because before the New York City Marathon, we went out to dinner, and she said, who would host your marathon recap episode? And I realized that I actually haven't done one of those in a long time because I hadn't run an all-out marathon for PR since like 2019. And now it's time. So if I did run well, she would be the perfect person to do so. She's so much fun. We joke around. So inevitably, it was going to be her if the race went well. It did not. So I actually didn't have to worry about recording any sort of episode after the New York City Marathon. It's totally okay to skip this episode. The professionals are far more interesting and actually run fast. But I did get a few comments on Instagram asking if I was going to do one after my race at the Houston Marathon this past weekend. I did keep that race a bit quiet in the lead up, although it would have been easy to connect the dots that I was training for something. If you saw a couple workouts and long runs on Strava in December, I brought some hype to previous races, like my showdown with Malcolm Gladwell on the track, multiple sub five minute mile attempts, and I've fallen short of my goals each time. I've been way off and it's been ugly at times. So I decided for this one, I was just gonna buckle up and run with minimal fanfare. It turned out to be a success and the perfect decision as I ran 259.12 for an almost seven minute personal best. It was my first time under three hours and also a BQ. I was blown away by all of the kind messages, comments, and texts that I received afterwards, so it felt like a win for the community and the everyday runner. So I'll admit that it is a bit difficult balancing working within running, overseeing Sidious Mag, this media company that we've built up over the last couple years, and staying up on my own running for fun. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all for. It's for fun. On Sunday, I had the most fun, even when it got hard. So. Again, thank you all for your continued support. It means the world, and I'm excited to share more as Allie takes over the Sidious Mag podcast. All you, you take it. You take the mic on this one. You're, you're uh, guest hosting the Sidious Mag podcast, and I guess we're also putting this out on the Allie on the Run show. Chris Chavez, you could have had anyone interview you for your big sub three recap. It is truly my greatest honor to get to be the person on the other end of the microphone. Can I just be your friend for a minute? And like, I'll be professional in a minute, maybe. But like, I'm so freaking happy for you. Congratulations. Thank you. you I know we're not, as journalists, we're never supposed to ask, how do you feel right after a big thing? But we're breaking all the rules today. Chris, you ran your sub three marathon. How do you feel? Uh, I'm still like super happy. Like, I, I guess like what everyone describes it as cloud nine. Um, Sunday was amazing. 
Um, and then it just kind of afterwards, like even, you know, you know, I cried calling my coach immediately after the race. Like there's so many things to probably unpack, you know, when my fiance Carrie and I embraced afterwards more tears and then just on social media, just like people rallying and then just like, you know, being so happy. The comment section on Instagram is a hilarious place because it's a mix of just total strangers, close friends, couple Olympians and uh, uh, professional runners. And so it's been really funny because I guess, you know, I was so public about this goal for a couple of years and, and finally got it done. It was close towards the end. Like, you know, I had some people sweating who were watching the tracker, uh, the few people who I kind of told ahead of time that I was doing this thing. Um, but we got it done, you know, even the, the chip and the gun time, both under three. So, um, it was, it was so much fun. I'm glad it's finally behind me. It's a weight lifted off my shoulders and, um, yeah, a lot of sacrifices went into it over the last, you know, 10 weeks or so, but, um, we got it done. And it was, I always say we, because like, it's a, it is a team effort to, to do it. Okay. So let's go right there. What are some of the sacrifices that you made? Yeah. So I did the New York city marathon in, uh, November and you were right there at the finish line and it was a hot, brutal day. Um, and you know, seeing you at the finish line made me super happy, but then sort of like afterwards, like you have all this self-reflection again, I was public about going for three hours in the marathon and I went for it. Like, you know, went through the half in, in one twenty nine fifteen or something like that. And, um, eventually the wheels just came off at the Queensboro bridge. And, you know, it was, a it was a very painful final 10 miles, but then, you know, after crossing the finish line, I fell short of my goal it was three seventeen, And, you know, I, I got back to, to my apartment, um, cried in the shower while listening to some Taylor Swift, um, Bonk. What song? Carrie, what song was it? My Tears Ricochet. My Tears Ricochet. Yeah. Stop. Chrissy yeah. went with track five? My God. Yeah, it was, uh, that's what she came home to. Like, she was out there cheering for friends, and then she comes home and just hears the shower running with My Tears Ricochet. And then I come out, and I just start crying. And I'm, it's, I'm a big crier. Um, and it was just because, like, you know, so much went into it. It was a long training block and, you know, sacrificing Saturday mornings. There was a New York times article a couple of weeks beforehand yeah. about just like the sacrifices that the significant other makes. And it so much of it rang true. I was reading that article. It's like, that was written about me and my fiance, about all these couples that we know, everyone could relate to that one. Harry actually and, wrote it under a pseudonym. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, had a, chat with my coach Kate Gustafson after the race and she kind of said like you know New York is just a tough one like the bridges don't do you any favors like you know in addition to that I'm working in the days leading up to it there's shakeout run it's like that Lady Gaga meme where it's like bus club another bus another club like instead it's like shakeout run panel whatever it is I think Laura Green I also had eat. something like that yeah yeah and um it was so, so it, it's a lot to, to go after a big goal like that in New York that we discussed, you just need a flat race. And like, you trained really hard. What do you think about Houston? And that was the first time, like the idea was flown out, it floated out there. And then after that, Carrie so was and I your had coach's suggestion, your coach it, was the one that. 
Yeah, it was just like a suggestion in passing, but like, you know, we we still had plenty to be happy about. Like it was my best time in New York and like one of my top three fastest marathons or whatever it was. So like things were 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 positive, but I, I just felt like I had sub three fitness. And I guess like the biggest sacrifice was like those Saturdays and like, you know, your social life, you have to make changes and all that stuff. And so Carrie and I talked about it and we're getting married in September of 2024. And I've got the Olympic trials and the Olympics in the summer to go and cover, not to go run in. And like it's clarifying. Yeah, just to clarify. Um, he runs one sub three and starts adding disclaimers. <laughs> so they, I just realized there's not really a great, great opportunity to train through the summer and do a fall marathon. A Berlin or a Chicago, which tend to be the fast ones, those are eliminated. So am I going to have to wait until 2025 to run a you know, fast, flat marathon. I like, I'm not the type of person who would go out to CIM. I don't know. Like it just doesn't excite me as much. So to wait a whole nother year and then start from zero all over again, it just, it would have been a lot. And we felt like there was, it was going to be like, we had a good foundation for it. We just needed to put in a little bit extra time. So those nine weeks of training, which ultimately feels like seven or, or six and a half when you do like your break and then your taper, you know, I just had to kind of lock in and really be dedicated again. And so, you know, did a couple long runs and workouts, but the foundation for this one was definitely built like in the summer and fall build up through, through New York. So, um, yeah, I mean like not, not a whole lot was different in the last like nine weeks aside from just like, yeah, again, like Saturday mornings I'm gone for, for three hours and then I'm, you know, a shell of a human being on the couch for the rest of the day and that's not pretty. And so, um, yeah, that was, I think like the main sacrifice is like we just you know it was more time and you know leaving the house during the holidays when you know we're with family to go out and do a 12 mile run or an eight mile run like towards the end I started dreading it for sure but you know no no part of me wanted to give up because we wanted to you know this was the goal and you know we I'm now that in retrospect it was accomplished it was worth it so you did not make a big deal of going and running Houston. In fact, most people didn't know that you were running. If you follow Chris Chavez on Strava, you kind of wondered, why is this guy still running 20 milers? So like you said, I think you said to me at one point, like worst kept secret on yeah. Strava. But I'd love to hear about that decision. After being really public about this goal for several years, then you sort of shifted gears and flew a little under the radar. Why? Yeah. So Kyle and I talked about this sort of immediately after New York. It's He felt it the same way the previous year. It's like when you are in a sense of a public figure in the running community and everyone knows you're doing this thing and you're a New Yorker, like there's just so much that goes into New York, the New York City Marathon for us. Like we have so many friends on the course, so, so many like so much family. And then you've got random people who know you all throughout the course that like it's a lot to to handle. And this was very different, I think, in terms of just like the the setup, you know, and the organization. I think the Houston Marathon Committee did an, it does an amazing job hosting this thing because like I left my hotel at 6 a.m. and was in my starting corral at 645 with like a stop to use a porta potty and and like get in line and go through security. Whereas with New York, you have to go get on a bus or on the ferry all the way to Staten Island. And when you're there, you're waiting for, you know, three or four hours, whatever it might be. And then 
it's a whole to do. And so for, for this, like, I just, you know, kind of told close friends, I told, you know, my training partners who would jump in and help me on some of these long runs. And, um, it was, I definitely wanted to keep it low key. I've kind of failed many times in the past when like, there's just extra added attention and you make a big thing of it, like the Malcolm Gladwell sub five mile attempt like that I'll never live down. And so, uh, yeah, so like that, that was, I think, purposeful, like, it was funny reading some of the Instagram comments or getting a couple messages where like, Oh, I saw someone at the expo who looked like you and I was gonna say hi, and I wasn't totally sure. And it was like, one, I didn't make it like all that secret. I was walking around in a Sidious Mag hoodie. Like you, you could probably tell it was me. Uh, but it might be you, but I knew Taylor Lautner was such a fan yeah, of Sidious right? Mag, so I assumed it was him. Yeah, it's like he doesn't look like Shark Boy anymore. But uh, yeah, so I, it wasn't all that secret. People could probably tell. Um, but you know, the, then once the race day happened, like it was, it did feel like a solo adventure. I'm like, all right, it's time to just like go out there and just do this thing. I didn't find the sub three, the, the three hour pacer at the beginning of the race or anything like that. So literally it was just me, my watch. And I put, I threw some headphones on to, which I hadn't done in, in so long, but I just wanted to just like zone in and just, and go. So yeah, that's kind of why I kept it low key. Okay. Let's let's break down this race day. I want to hear all about it. So bring us to Houston race mm -hmm. morning. You wake up, alarm goes off. Did it feel like this is going to be my day? Yeah. So I was like kind of sick, like with like a cold the week leading into uh, the race. And like, I had to take at one point two days off in a row. And it was, I, 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 was starting to get a little bit nervous, but then at the same time I counted the days and I was like, I think I'll be good by the time race day rolls along. And that morning, like no sniffles, like no coughing or anything like that. And I was like, all right, I think, I think we're good. We're, we're good to go. Um, then it was just all about like, you know, I think the biggest thing I was thinking about was the weather. Like there were just so many, it changed so much over the past couple days where at one point there was like this rumor that there was going to be a cold front happening in while the race is going on and that it was going to get colder as the race went and like dip into the high thirties. And I was like, Oh man, like that's rough. Like maybe to some people that's, you know, ideal temperatures. But for me, it was like some of these West side highway long runs I was doing and I had a headwind the whole, t you know, on the way back were, were tricky. So, um, but you know, once I, you know, got down to the lobby of the hotel, had a little bit of breakfast and then w walked over to the starting line, listening to some music. I was just like, all right, I, I feel good. Like we did, the work was done. We just have to do this. And, um, it was funny. I ran into like, um, a friend of mine from one of the magic boost alums, Hannah Bornstein, who was oh, on the yeah. same line for the, for the Porter potty. And, I think she similarly didn't tell anyone that she was doing a marathon and it was her first marathon. And so she was like, Chris, I was like, Hannah, I was like, well, what are you doing here? And so that was a nice, pleasant surprise. But then even then I just got into the corral mixed in among the rest of everyone. And it was just standing there waiting for, you know, seven, seven AM to start. And it was cool because I guess like the race started before like sunrise. Um, and then like, once I got going, it was, um, the plan was run six fifties for as long as you can. And, 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 you know, it sounds boring, but just get into a rhythm and that's sort of, you know, how it, how it went. Um, 
Although, yeah, it was it was cool, though, because then I did just find people to a couple people along the course where I'm like, oh, you guys look like you're onto something where they were like running together and uh, looked at the pace. I was like, I think this is a sub three attempt. I'm just going to stick with them. And so, um, yeah, I found different ways to to distract myself all throughout that morning. But um, yeah, it, like I guess like the, the the key thing was being super relaxed and like realizing, oh, there, you know, I've been off my feet for a lot of the last two days no expo did my shakeout run by myself like all the stuff like it, it felt so different than any other race i've done before like the anti-new york yeah yeah literally the anti-new york what were you listening to in the morning when you woke up and you said you went down to the lobby you were listening to music i hope it was not my tears ricochet no what was the soundtrack so like this is really funny there's a song by doja cat uh called boss bitch uh and i listen to that like I, in budapest i would listen to it when i'd be like walking back from like the track me to get into it gets me in the mood for like oh like i the lyrics literally say like yeah you're a boss bitch and so like i would i would listen to that going into a podcast recording at the end of the night or like uh, if I had an office to go to every day, that's probably what I would walk into the office. And like on my one of my last long runs, that's what I listened to. Uh, not on repeat, but just like that's what really kind of kicked it off and set the mood uh, for the day. It's like, all right, we're going to get this done. And so there was a, a little bit of that. Like, you know, my musical taste is just eclectic where it jumps from that to you know broadway tunes the next second celine dion the next and you get some some hardcore rap going for a bit and then into you know some club mixes or whatever it is so uh yeah it's a, it was a, a mishmash of things but for the actual race like i didn't have a spotify playlist prepared for it i have been just going into soundcloud um and people upload like uh party mixes on there like that are just like mashup i like mashups uh like you do and yeah. you know there's just a bunch in there that like i'm listening to like the fairfield university hockey teams like you know frat party mix for an hour or whatever it is or it's like a new jersey dj mix that like they're shouting out all the bars like on the jersey shore you know every now every like 10 minutes or something like that and I, you know, I found a couple and I don't listen to them all the way through. So they're usually like an hour long. So I was like, all right, I'll pick like five worst case scenario to run a five hour marathon. Uh, or if anything, like there's just, I'll get through the first three and then it'll be great. Um, and so I like surprising myself too. So like, that's part of the reason why I ran with music is just because one, you get to focus. Like I'm not, I knew there weren't going to be that many spectators on the course, and I listened to just these songs and I would surprise myself. I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't think that that Adele song went with this, you know, Black Eyed Peas mix or whatever it would be. But it it it's getting me going and like I would pick up the pace or whatever it is. So, yeah, for three hours, it was just sort of like mixes of various different songs mashed up together. But um, no, it was it, that's that was part of the fun of it, too. Um, but then I, I did remove my headphones with like in the last within the last you know, maybe half mile or so, um, to just really soak in the moment and hear, you know, the, the crowds and, and yeah, also like Jay-Z snaps, Johnny Zhang was going to be at the finish line. And I was like, I don't want headphones in the picture. Okay. So did you bring him down there? For no, you? 
No, no, no. Uh, I want to make that clear. I did not bring Johnny Zhang out there to take pictures of me at the finish line. That would be crazy. I thought you did. And I was like, good for you, man. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, he was hired out by um, the Houston Marathon Committee. And so he was helping oh, Kevin gosh. Morris, another fantastic photographer. Um, and so they were both working. Um, I think Johnny was on the moto for like the men's and women's marathon, which he had never done before. Um, so he was photographing there and then he made his way to the finish and got to like stick around. But I think he was going to have to get back out there, but he made it a point. It's like, no, 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 I need to stay. And he, and Kevin Morris also stayed and he was on the like photo bridge. Um, and they were there to kind of capture the moment and, uh, no, that was that was fun. But now it's really funny because like you go to Kevin Morris's like folder of photos for uh, the Houston Marathon, you scroll through all of them. And the very last one is is me, because if it's by time, you've got all these great half marathon performances, all these great marathon performances. And this this dude who ran 259. So was it hard for you not to be covering this race? I mean, my gosh, we had an American record in the half marathon with Wayne Kalati. Was it hard for you to not know what was going on in the pro race? Actually, no, like I was really good in this this time around about like totally disconnecting. Like I did actually turn my phone into do not disturb mode for this race in the past. And even in like New York, um, I would get text updates or like I would, you know, set alerts for certain people's tweets, knowing that like, oh, this person's good about tweeting splits or whatever it might be so that like I in the past, like I've run the Berlin Marathon and I and Kipchoge was in the race and I was like, all right, get to get to the halfway point before this dude wins the race. And so like I would kind of know what was going on. But then I remembered sort of like the little pleasant surprises I've had in the past or in like 2017 when Shalane won, like I was in that race and I didn't know until like I turned the corner into the park and saw it like on the big board. Um, so this time around, no, it was yeah, it was focused and locked in where but, but at the same time like even though like usually I get like random family text or whatever it might be while I'm running like the marathon um this time around no one could reach me at that time um and it was fun because then like later on I would just open up my phone and there'd I'd be on group chats where people were just like he's he's got this or oh man it's gonna be close and like people freaking out as they're tracking during the race but no for this one like I think it wasn't until I got into back into like the um like the finisher area where I was like oh who did Helen O'Beary win like that's what I expected and she she didn't but then I was like oh American record um it was funny though like heading walking over to the starting line of the of the race um I think that morning the women's 10k world record fell in mm -hmm. Valencia Spain and um, I'd woken up and then like I texted in the Sidious Mag group chat that we've got. And I was like, you know, there's a photo that we can use that's available here if someone wants to make a graphic for it. And like I was still like doing work like on the Locking. walkover. <laughs> but um, no, then then during those three hours, I was, you know, totally out of the loop. I did love Mac Fleet's tweets where he was like, come on, get to the finish. You know, this company is falling apart uh, <laughs> without you. So, uh, no, that was that was fun. Um yeah. No one gets teased by their colleagues more than you. And I just, I think you're amazing. You put up with a lot, Chris, you know? I, I, I enjoy it. Yeah. Well, I did. I, that was one thing that I told myself. Um, Kyle's wife, Patricia, messaged me like a nice congrats message. And I just said that at some point during the race, like it did hit me. I was like, especially in the later stages, I was like, you cannot run three 
flat zero zero or whatever it is, Kyle will never let you live this down. <laughs> and so even when it was getting close, that thought crept in where I was like, what could he possibly make fun of me for, for this? Oh. And even like, I even was thinking, I was like, if I stopped or stopped my watch, I was like, he always makes fun of me for my elapsed time on a run on Strava being longer than whatever it says your moving time is. And um, this time around, no, it all matched up. All of it was sub oh. three. So take that, Kyle. Well, and Kyle, I because I know we know he will listen to this. Kyle, if you need a break, go on my Strava. Check out my elapsed time. <laughs> I make between three and six bathroom stops on any given run. You'll have a field day. So oh, it's I, I welcome it. I, I think the, the joke that Eric Jenkins had during the New York City Marathon, like watch along they did on YouTube was like that. Um, I've been stopping on runs so much because like I have to make graphics or jump onto breaking news. And so uh, it's like for the next three hours, no one better leave like the Bowerman Track Club, like or else Chris is going to have to stop. But luckily, <laughs> Sunday morning, no one left the Bowerman Track Club. No big changes. OK, so you have the world of running at your fingertips. You have so much access to things. So head to toe, what were your choices? What were you wearing on race day? Oh, this is a good question. Um, yeah, I wore a uh, black Lululemon top with um, the Sidious Mag logo on it and uh, the Release Recovery Foundation across the chest. Like they've been super supportive and, you know, it's a cause that is uh, super awesome. And I've I've grown really close with a lot of the people behind it and become really close friends with people um, in the recovery community. And they've been doing amazing work. So, you know, I... I was kind of a little bit torn at the beginning uh, of like the day before I had like a couple different tops that I brought with me and even like I brought out the Central Park one and I chose not to wear it on race day. But the kit that I have does have like the Central Park leaf on the back. Um, and then I wore some New Balance shorts, some black socks, and then um, the New Balance Fuel Cell uh, Super Comp Elite version four i got it i got close. it you were close really did i mess up the order new balance fuel cell sc elite v4 well super comp that's what it stands for SC. yeah but it's sc i know they you know. oh all right well i went with that which was great. i ran that i ran new york city marathon in those shoes the all white ones and like that one was really cool because like, I think they only made 25 pairs for some people to, to wear during that race. And I, it was like the big coming out party for it. And I was honored to, to use it. And then I didn't have any blisters didn't feel any sort of pain um, afterwards with that, with, with those shoes. So I was like, all right, these are awesome. I love the, the, the SC elite line uh, from like their second, third and fourth version. They've all been great to me. And then, um, so then I also got a pair of the Alpha Flies sent to me a couple of weeks before, and I managed to get uh, one long run in them, and I think like just one other like workout. But like on the long run, I blistered up at seventeen ish, and so then I was like, I don't think I can wear these with nine miles to go and still be blistering. So. I was like, I'm gonna wear the same ones that I wore in New York. But at that point, I'd put on like a couple extra miles on them. And I don't know how much, uh, like the foam will last on, you know, that's the thing with all these super shoes. And so, um, I made it a point to reach out to our friends at, at new balance and they 
scrambled like at the HQ in Boston to find, you know, a pair of nine and a halfs, which were like luckily sample size. Cause I guess these are still not out yet, but will be out very soon. Um, and they mailed them over to the hotel room. Um, uh, and I got them like when I checked in and, uh, did one shakeout run of them and I was like, all right, we're in good shape. Like these are going to be great. Um, it was a funny story, I guess, about like Kamara McDonald, who who at New Balance, uh, someone I think was missing a kit. I forget, like, oh, it was Emma, I think, Emma Coburn. And she Emma like Coburn, went out. all her luggage yeah. was missing. And Kamara had to fly to bring her new things personally. Yeah. I told New Balance, you guys don't have to send Kamara for, for to give me a new pair of shoes. Sean like, Island it's... rolls up with his kid. Yeah. So, yeah, I was like, you guys don't have to go that far. I'll still run in like the old pair. Uh, but no, they were great. And they got me the the shoes. And yeah, that's basically, I mean, you know, I wore you know, just some some normal arm warmers and gloves and a hat that I eventually tossed all throughout the race. And, you know, a little belt that carried my phone in the back and a couple gels. Um, and yeah, that was that was the fit for the race. No sunglasses, which I kind of, I didn't think I needed because there there was no so not it wasn't all that sunny um but i knew that when i was grimacing in pain i would probably want to like wear sunglasses and look a little bit cooler but no i think it, it was fine the presenting sponsor of the sidious mac podcast is olipop we've been pounding olipop for months now and our gut health has never been better we all know the trepidation that runners have had for years about drinking soda olipop calls itself a new kind of soda it's a delicious and healthy alternative whether you're a runner, a fitness enthusiast, or just someone who wants to make better choices. Olipop is the perfect drink for you. Olipop is a low-sugar, low-calorie beverage that is packed with prebiotics, botanicals, and plant fibers that nourish your microbiome and supports digestive health. It comes in a variety of tasty flavors like vintage cola, strawberry vanilla, lemon lime, banana cream. My favorite flavor is tropical punch. Sidious Mag podcast listeners get 25% off non-subscription orders while using code Sidious25 at checkout on drinkolipop.com. You can also find Olipop at Whole Foods, Sprouts, Kroger, Target, Walmart, Publix, and other retailers. So the next time that you're looking for a refreshing and healthy drink after that long run or hard workout, reach for an Olipop. You won't be disappointed. Drinkolipop.com, code Sidious25. Other than seeing Hannah in the porta potty line, how much were you getting recognized? You're pretty well known in the running community. Was there a lot of Chris Chavez fanfare? uh no um oh, well sorry. no and like no and like in a sense that like i don't think like i wasn't making it so obvious i'm like hey it's like i'm in a bright red sidious mag kit or anything like that um so like still i was incognito to as best as i could be but then when i did start the race and and was running the people that i like latched on to after 12 or so miles um they like shared a bottle with me and the guy was like so chris like what are you going after and i was like oh like he might know who i am and um then i was like i'm going after sub three and they're like oh us too and i was like well you guys made the first 12 miles super easy for me so i'm just gonna try and hang on for as long as i could and then you know i stayed with them for as long as i could which was like maybe it's like 15 and then they surged ahead but then there was like this you know, other guy and his friend who came up and was like, Hey, Chris. And I was like, Oh, Hey. And then it's like sub three. And I was like, yeah, that's what I'm going for. And then they're like us too, like come with us. And so then I, you know, try to stay with them. Um, 
but for a lot of the race, like I found myself just kind of solo trying to find really tall people to duck in behind and just have them block the wind. Um, but yeah, I think those were the only sort of like instances, I think during the race where someone like kind of said something, uh, people have commented or sent me a DM saying that they were cheering and like, I didn't hear, uh, I didn't hear it all that much. Cause I was, you know, bopping to levels by Avicii mixed with some Ariana Grande song or something like that. Um, and then I did see Jess Movold, uh, on the course at like 15 ish. And then towards the end, she got like one of the worst videos of me. I think like I was in like just so much pain, just trying to get one foot in front of the other. And I could see her just jumping up and down in excitement and cheering. Um, so it was nice that that was like, like a, a nice surprise, but even to, to the point, like she didn't know I was running the race. And so, um, yeah. So like, I think that, you know, in the same way that some guy maybe on the, uh, at the expo was like, is that Chris, there might be people like along the course also being like, I think that was him. And so, um, yeah, so not a ton. It wasn't New York where like I had a, you know, a family member or a friend basically at every mile. Um, this one was, yeah, a bit more incognito and it, it worked to my favor. I really thought you were going to say that those guys at first, when they were like, when they called you Chris, that you were going to be like, oh my God, they know who I am. And then you're like, but actually my name was on my bib. It was uh, on my bib too. So that could, that could have been it too. <laughs> you're like, no, dude, we don't know who you are. It's right yeah. there. Well, the problem is now, like I find myself just, you know, I, I try and go on marathon photo to like look and see if I could find a photo where they're visible so I could, you know, find their bib number, get a name and then just reach out and say, thank you. So if yeah. that person stumbles upon this podcast, thank you for, for, for that. But even at the end, I guess the only, the other person who I recognized during the race and I saw her at the hotel before was Pam from the loop in, in Austin, Texas. And so, um, she was going for, I think 254 and kind of had a rough day and was like coming back towards me. And so then like I ran, a bit of the last like five or six miles either right behind her. And then I surged ahead. And then it, it was the nicest thing. She sent me a message after the race where, you know, with the, in the final, like 2k of the race, like she just surged ahead. And like, I, it was said something again, could barely hear things where she was just like, let's go, Chris. Like we got this. And she said it like at that point, like goals shift to just being like, all right, let's help Chris get under three. Um, her husband was on the bike next to next to us, like towards the end. Um, and he was, you know, encouraging her and she was doing great. So I just was like, just stay on her. Like we can get this done. And, you know, so she really kind of helped, uh, carry me through that last stretch. And funny enough, like Carrie, uh, was on the course, uh, three times, uh, and it's not an easy course to navigate like that. So Tony D'Amato ahead of the race, sent her a document with like, here are the best places to go. And she found a way to go to a couple of them. And in the final mile or so, um, she found her spot at like 20, 25. And then just starts cheering and yelling at me, like yelling, like things that like some of my best friends and like, even my coach, like we're on a group chat. They're like, just tell them to empty the tank and like yell all these things. And she was so good, but then she was running with me for like the last, like she was running with me for like 400 meters. It felt like, and, uh, 
it, she has a really funny video where like I can't even like acknowledge or say anything because I'm just in the throes of it. But um, I needed all of that encouragement there at the end. Um, and yeah, it all those little things definitely helped. Yes, I believe alternating between empty the tank and I love you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is what makes her exactly who she is. So you mentioned earlier that the plan was really just to knock off six fifties the whole time. Were we going for even splits? Is that the race yeah. plan? Yeah, that was the plan. But then, you know, I <laughs> kind of got excited at the beginning and I was like way <laughs> ahead of the pace, I think. Not way ahead, but I built up a little bit of a cushion. I and like even through halfway, I think the goal was like 129.30 and I went through the half in like 128.20 and so like I was ahead um, and so that was fine like I, I just felt comfortable I never felt like I was overly exerting myself there were workouts I did in the build-up where I was like hitting 615 630 pace for for certain things and I was like well this feels good because like I'm never gonna have to touch that pace during the marathon but if, there were a couple of splits in the 630s but I think the most important thing for me was that I built up this this uh, buffer, and then it, when it started getting hard in the last like four miles, I decided to start doing some math and saying, "All right, if you blow up, which like you're starting to feel a little rough, like how bad can you let yourself go?" Um, and so I started, you know, trying to do math is hard in the moment. It's hard all the time because I'd rather I'd work with words. Um, and so then I was just like, all right, no matter what it was, it was 720, I think was the magic number. I was like, if you blow up and run 720s, you'll be okay. It'll We'll be cutting it close. But let's not do that. Let's try and run another 650-ish mile. So I was negotiating with myself. Can you give me one more 650? Can you give me another one? And like just telling myself that in the final, you know, four or five miles. Um, and then the last two, like it was a, a bit slower, but, you know, and I guess like, the funniest thing in like several text threads was when I hit 40 K my average mile split was like seven fourteen, and they're like, he's going, he's going backwards. Like, this is not good. Like he's not going to like, it's going to be really, really close. But then the next update everyone gets is, you know, two fifty nine twelve, which was, which was great. Um, but yeah, towards the end I did, you know, that buffer started to go away and that happens really fast in the marathon. But you know, it's all these little tiny decisions. I think that's a beautiful part about the whole thing that eventually, you know, lead to to this, you know, this moment. So when do you remember what mile you were at when it did start to feel hard? Yeah, I think it was like four-ish miles to go. Um, well, I was so like four miles. That's no, no, too no. early. <laughs> no, four-ish miles down. to go. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, Kira D'Amato. I obviously with her success on this course, I did tap into, you know, uh, a couple of days before. And I said, like, what is some advice you have for me for this course? Because I've never seen it. This is my first time ever in Houston. Um, and she said there's like these like grass arches or grass bridges, you know, with six miles to go that you can really open up and and go. Um, and then she sent some survivor quotes about digging deep and um yeah. So that's mentally what I was telling myself is like, get to the point. I broke up the race. I was like, first half, just try and keep it as mindless as possible. And then from the halfway point, 
uh, let's get to 16. Let's turn this into a 10 mile race. And then at 16, I was like, let's get to Kira's point, which was at 20. And then at 20, let's, you know, try and go. And then that's when the math started at four miles to go. It's like, okay, we don't really have and that much else to exhaust here. So let's just keep it together. And, um, yeah, that's how I approached the whole thing. Just kind of breaking it up in blocks. I always feel like when we have these amazing races where we achieve our big goals that we've been chasing for a long time, of course, we're going to look back and be like, that was awesome. That was fun. Insert really positive and jubilant adjective during the race. Were you having fun? Um, I think like the most interesting part was like, I think I, it was because like, I think I, I started surprising myself at the end and I was like, oh, I'm doing this. Um, that's when it got fun. It was really not towards the end. Carrie, after the race, asked me, was like, so what was your favorite part of the course? And to be honest, like, I couldn't really tell you, like, what too, ma too many of the differences were between, like, this highway and that highway or this neighborhood and that neighborhood. It really was, like, just run just one foot in front of the other, make those miles click by, and then get back downtown. Um, so that that that's the part of it that was, like, I couldn't tell you at any point, like where I was. Um, and that's happened to me before at other marathons, like a Berlin, like you think it could be like a 26 mile tour of the city, but you don't remember, you know, a bunch of it. And so that's where like a lot of it blurs for me in terms of just like, you know, mile six is not all that different from mile 17 for me really got fun at the, at the very end when I was like starting to think, Oh wow. Like we're going to do this. Yeah. Okay. I want to hear more about that because to run 259.12, significant buffer under three hours, but like, I want to have a buffer of like 10 minutes. Like yeah. I want to know I've got it. Did you feel confident? Were you worried at points? I think at 20 is like, you know, this happens to everyone like during marathon races when like your watch and the mile splits are not aligned and like your watch says you hit this mile marker, but you could see it's still like 20 seconds ahead of you. So that was happening throughout the race. And I just had to think like, okay, like plus 20 seconds, like that was that last mile split, blah, blah, blah. Um, but at 20, I made the conscious decision, okay, let's lap it now so we know what we're actually covering for this mile. And then from there, because I was like, I'm not running, you know, 730s now or whatever it is. I just needed to, that assurance that, like, we're still sort of on pace. And once I kind of did that, I started to think, okay, like, we built enough of a gap that I think, like, I can still blow up a bit, Um and, and get under. Um, but I think it wasn't until we hit downtown and you're kind of like merged in with, with the half marathon again and the crowd starts to pick up that I'm like, okay, I think like I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. The previous day, Johnny Zhang went on a run by himself and he said that like the wind downtown was like really crazy. Um, he just, he was like, you just like get off the ground and the wind will push you forward. So I started thinking about that. I was like, oh, just get a little bit of, get a little bit more airtime and you'll just get pushed forward. And then I had the ultimate brain fart at 26 miles where there was, I saw the 26 mile marker and then I was like, oh, 0.2. And then I was like, wait, two kilometers. I was like, I can't do that. Uh, in, in like three minutes, like, or whatever it was, it has like, I I'm screwed. And then I was like, no, Chris, point two, 
is less than 400 meters. You got this. And so that's when I really like kind of kicked it in and, you know, I've been, I was a little scared because like in marathons in the past, I've like cramped up and like my, my quad will, will, you know, get sore or whatever it might be. Like I'll, I'll feel a cramp in my quad. And in, you know, when I did London many years ago, I like had to like crab walk basically across the finish line. Cause it was that bad. And I was like, okay, I feel good. We're going to risk it. We got to go. And so then we just, I just like sprinted towards the end. There was one moment on the, in the final stages, there was a water station that was like on the incline of a hill. And I decided to grab a cup of Gatorade and then like walk for like five seconds. And when I was walking for those five seconds, I was like, no, no, cut the shit. We're going. And yeah, then that's like, a ballsy move. It was. Yeah. I think ultimately maybe that was the difference between 259 and 258, but, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, at but the also end of the maybe game. not because maybe if you hadn't done that, you might've cramped. Yeah. And that would have been the difference between 259 and three flat. And yep. Kyle would be furious. Kyle so. would have yeah, been no laughing. Um, so yeah, no, no regrets. That was, yeah, I, I think I started having fun at the, at the very end, but yeah, it's, it's, it started getting a little nerve wracking at the, when, uh, but it, once I saw the finish and I saw the clock, I could tell it was like, Oh, I'll, I'm going to be under because if the gun time is under right now, I didn't start right at the very front of the race. So like, I'm good. And yeah, that's why I was so amped up at the end. Yeah, let's talk about that moment. The let's go. Was that planned? Was that an outburst? Did you have time to think about like what am I gonna yell when I cross the finish? Was it choreographed? No, see, because like I thought about it. I, I when I had dinner with Johnny the previous day, I was like, what cool thing should I do across the finish line? Should I, like a gritty? Should I like you know throw up a three or whatever it might be? And it was like. Now that was genuine. Uh, that was just pure, just emotion coming out of me at that time. And, um, yeah, the funniest thing is it's like, I'm kind of blown away when I, when I, you know, after we posted the video, Carrie started laughing. Cause she was like, why is no one else around you? Like as excited, like everyone around you is breaking three and you're the only one who's like yelling. Um, so there's like a little awkward silence, like immediately after I like, have this outburst but um no that was that was pure and you know the next thing i do i guess is help up uh pam who like hit the ground right after the race and um you know i said thank you for you know and that we did it i didn't know that she just missed a pr by like 12 seconds or something like that and uh that was a little heartbreaking to learn afterwards but um you know she definitely helped me get to, to my big goal wow i love that Okay, so we do have some listener questions. Oh, I no way. We do. Um, you didn't know these were coming. Had to hide it from you. But we do have some listener questions from some self-proclaimed. These all come from self-proclaimed Chris Chavez super fans. Did you know oh that you had super God. fans? No, this is weird. <laughs> okay, yeah. this It's fun being on this side of the microphone, isn't it? Okay. Oh, man. Um. I'd like to ask Chris if he ever feels self-conscious about his own running accomplishments when speaking to elite athletes. Um, that sounds condescending. I don't think it was meant that way. I don't think I had, no, I don't, cause I, I don't think I have, I don't think I have anything that's like, I have suit. I, I have to be super proud of when I talk to these athletes. I think it does help my job. Like, knowing I've been after a certain goal, like sub three to me was what sub four is to different people. Um, so I think like that has helped along the way of just knowing what it's like to 
go after a big goal and fall short or eventually accomplish it. So that's sort of like, I think it's been more of a plus than, than, a, than a drawback. Okay. That same person submitted two questions. There was no limit on how many people could submit. From a business perspective, where do individual pursuits in running fit into the Sidious narrative? He and I both have uh, both have had public displays of personal fitness goals. And it is worth mentioning that the last question in this one do come from Kyle Merber. Okay. Uh, it's funny because we, we it, it's, it's cool that people care um, about how I run or how Kyle runs. You know, that was really funny, I think, in 2022 when like, the week leading into the New York City Marathon, I feel like I fielded more questions about how Kyle was feel, feeling or like, you know, what he's up to than what's what I expected to happen at the front end of the race. So in that sense, like it's been, um, it, it, it's cool that people enjoy what Sidious provides, whether that's, you know, interviews, entertainment, getting people excited about the sport. But at the same time, the people behind it, like also get, you, you have a reason to care for that person too. So, um, between covering the sport and, and like, if I, I think the biggest thing we come back to is covering the sport leads to you doing less of your own running. He wrote about it at the end of, you know, the last lap count newsletter, um, of 2023, where he realized he hadn't run as many, like he ran very little for Kyle standards. Um, and it comes from like when we go to these meets and we have to travel to events, like sure we try and get like a little shakeout run or like, you know, four miles here or there, but other than like, it's, it's tough to balance both. And so, yeah, that's what, to the point of like why I didn't do Chicago was because I didn't think that during Budapest, I would have a chance to train. So like, yeah, in, in, it is a sacrifice you make when, when you want to, you know, bring some other positivity and, and things to the sport. You get, you sacrifice your own running. I think I would have broken three and broken five for the mile if I wasn't running Sidious Mac. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I like In my head, I was just like, wait, did I see you in Chicago? And then I remembered that we did, we got dim sum and then mm -hmm. I was in bed for the rest of the day. And by bed, I mean, bathroom. Got really <laughs> sick, Chris. Oh man. Really rough afternoon for me, but it's okay. We're here. All right. The next question comes from, um, it's a, I believe it's pronounced Kira D'Amato. <laughs> uh, another Chris Chavez super fan. Kira wants to know, did you ever think about any survivor players during the Houston sub three? And when are you going to do your survivor application? Yeah. Um, I didn't think about any players specifically during the thing, but I did think of Jeff Probst and, and, you know, he always says dig deep so many times all throughout like any, you know, immunity challenge or whatever it might be. Uh, so that I came back to that, you know, especially when I was thinking about her advice about the last six miles, like, well, what other advice did she give me? It was like, oh, the survivor, like dig deep, uh, mantra. So, um, I loved her post afterwards. She said like the tribe has spoken. And, um, I, as for my own audition tape, um, uh, yeah, maybe 2025 is the year, oh. I think. Um, it'd be fun. I need, I think I'll, I'll have Jay-Z snaps, uh, film it for me Obviously. we ha we have so many we have so much footage of me running working just being that i think like there's enough there for me to finally make the case yeah and it ends with you crossing the finish line going let's go <laughs> yeah uh kira also wanted to know with one mile to go what were you saying to yourself in your head what was the mantra Ooh, um 
let's do this. I think it was, it was what I kept telling myself just cause like, I, or I think like, it's like, we didn't come all this way to not get it done. And like, I just kept thinking about the sacrifices and of the time and, and, and everything um, over the last nine weeks. I think that's what I kept coming back to. It was like, I don't want to do this again. <laughs> like uh, have to build up from zero. And we knew that this was going to be the last one until, you know, maybe fall 2025. So um, I was just like, all right, this is our last chance to do this for a bit. All right. Then this question will be from, Ali Feller, Chris Chavez, super fan. Do you feel like, okay, I can take a break from marathoning for a bit? Like this was the goal. Oh yeah. Or how are you like, ooh, sub 250 would be nice. No, sub 250 doesn't excite me. Uh, Why did sub three excite you? Just because I think like, well, I it just naturally, I feel like that's uh, how close I got 306 in the past. Like, all right, three flat, I can do that. 230 never 245 probably not like that's just i'm just realistic like i know how much time it takes to accomplish those things and i don't have that time um so for me i'm really happy about sub three i think the next big one is obviously sub five like that remains like unchecked for the mile um and so what i'm very excited about now is you know taking the next 10 days off and then getting right back on the track and hopefully, you know, running a little bit of indoor season and then, you know, focus on the shortest stuff for a bit, which hopefully pays off dividends, you know, in the future when I do, you know, do another marathon. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the sub five because I do have a question about the sub five. And this one starts with, I am legit a huge fan. Who are Chris's dream pacers for when he breaks five in the mile? He can have three. Oh, um, this is a great question. Dream pacers. I can have anybody. Yep. To go sub five in the mile. I feel like if I asked Jakob Ingebrigtsen, he would say no. Like That's just not like, part of, okay, so this doesn't have to be realistic. So <laughs> you want him? No, no, no. Yeah. I, mean, I just think it'd be really funny. I wouldn't have him. Uh, I would go, let's get, let's just keep it to current pros. Makes it easier. Yard Nagus could be cool to have the Great. record holder of uh, the American record holder, uh, Nikki Hiltz. Um, I messaged them, I think right after they sent me a congrats, uh, you know, DM. And I said, well, sub five's next. And I said, I heard you'd be down to pace. Um, so maybe we can make that happen. I'm and who else is out there? Um, Kyle, I think Kyle would be the third one just cause like, so it would cute. be, I think he would yell at me the whole way, like, <laughs> and and that would be what helps me get it done. Okay, great answer because that question did come from Nikki Hiltz. Oh, really? <laughs> so the test was going to be: Will Chris say, "Nikki, congratulations, yeah. you passed"? If you could run a four by one hundred with three other people, who would they be? Like a dream foursome question in golf, and that gives you maybe a little hint about who asked this question. Four by 100. The hint is actually in the second part of the question. What was it? Like a dream foursome question in golf. Oh. Hmm. Are you thinking more about who your people would be or who asked the question? Yeah. I'm trying to think of who, who asked the question. Um, this question comes from Zach Clark. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this would be for fun, I guess. I'll put no pro runners in this one. And this one would just be for friends. Um yeah, let's throw Zach in there. 
I'll go with uh, my two other buddies, Zach Price and, and Ryan Wells, who are you know two of my groomsmen. Um, let's have Carrie anchor the whole thing. Great plan. Wait, <laughs> so that's five people. Oh, um, Zach, Zach, I know you're right, Zach, Zach, Price doesn't running, but... Zach Price doesn't have to do it. He doesn't want to run. So Zach Price, you just got kicked out. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. You can hang with me on the sidelines though. I'll hold <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great questions. Uh, can we do a couple more? Yeah. All right. You're going to have to text Scott Fobble and be like, listen, man, I'm on a slightly more important call running a couple minutes late. Yeah. Let me just text him right now, but you know, I'm, I'm listening. Okay. What made this race weekend different from the 12 other marathons you've completed? It's just so much more low key. I think like that was, um, that was the, the, the whole key behind it was, yeah, just stay relaxed and just, just do it. Um, was, was just the goal. Um, the other ones, like there's been fanfare, there's been exploring a new city, making a vacation out of it. Um, or just being, you know, New York, uh, that's, I think the biggest difference with this one was just like, I was on a mission and literally flying in on Thursday and out on Sunday, it was a business trip. It was a business trip. What was it like running a course that's so different from New York city, specifically the crowd support going from New York with cheers from every angle to Houston with lots of dead zones and no crowd except at mile 22.5 where you saw your friend just mobile. Yeah. Um, which is who this question comes from. Amazing. Yeah, it was, I mean, that, that was a different part of it. It's the reason why I threw headphones on to run with uh, some music. Um, Cause I knew it was going to get tough and it was going to be quiet at points. Um, so yeah, but it was, I needed flat. I'm a flat, you know, race guy. You throw a couple hills in it and I'm toast. So um, yeah, Houston had all the makings of like the perfect setup for me to run my best. Okay, two more. Um, and these two come from the same person. First one is, where do you think you would be mentally and emotionally right now if you didn't do it? Um, I would be a little bit upset about uh, if I hadn't done it, I probably would have been bummed. It depends on how close it would have been. If it would have been three flat zero zero, oh man, like that would have taken a while to get over. If it would have been 302, which would have been a PR, I would have been happy. If it was 310, I would have been fine because it was like, you know, better than New York and it shows, you know, signs of a good step forward. If it was worse than New York, then I would have been very upset. Yeah. Uh, but no, thankfully we don't have to worry about any of that. <laughs> Carrie comes home, you're listening to You're Losing Me by Taylor Oh yeah. Sour, that's how we know you've gone over the edge. Yeah, exactly. It's like the the sadder the Taylor Swift song, then the worse you know I did. Well, speaking of Carrie, that question did come from her, as does this last one, which oh, is man. how impressed were you with your non-runner fiance's ability to sprint alongside you while screaming encouraging sentences for 400 meters of the 25th mile? I told her after the race, I was like, I want to run like a 10k with her uh like at some point this year or something like that because it's like that was impressive i that's that's what kind of distracted me in the moment i was like how is how is she still keeping up here like it's been like almost a half a what mile what was she wearing did she have the sclev fours on 
I I think she had probably I think a pair of like fresh foam 1080s on. Um, yeah, like just uh, the all white ones. I I believe that was the case. Um, so yeah, she she held on for 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 a bit. That it surprised me. We ran a 5K together last summer. It was just a brutally hot day, um, but she did well. And so now, um, yeah, at some point, I'd love to run a race with her in the future, like uh, a marathon. That I mean, she hasn't really expressed all that much interest in like doing one. She sees what I look like on a Saturday after <laughs> a three hour run and like no one wants to be that. Amazing. Well, you do have a ton of Chris Chavez super fans out there. Um, <laughs> I have no doubt that if I actually put that question out to the public, we would be here for several more hours. But that's just a little sampling of people who love you and wanted to hear more. I have one last question, which is what is the running plan for your wedding day? Oh, great question. Um, I maybe a 5k with some, with, with like the groomsmen. Um, that would be fun. Although one of them was a sprinter in high school with me and he has never run a 5k. So I don't know if I'd be able to get him, but my other two groomsmen, I think would be, uh, down for a nice 5k to calm the nerves because I'm going to be an emotional wreck. Uh, that day oh, so not you. <laughs> oh yeah the guy who, who who cries to taylor swift in the shower after missing goal is not gonna cry when his you know fiance soon-to-be wife walks down the aisle yeah come on <laughs> i can't wait i can't wait well i think that the morning of your wedding maybe that's the day you go sub five. Oh, it is fifth I'm avenue so mile excited. weekend and, and, and so like I, it's really funny to think that like there's pros in town for for that one, but there's no saying, chance. Have pacers on hand. There's no chance I'm running Fifth Ave that weekend. I'll be impressed if Kyle can turn around after the wedding reception to go cover the race the next morning. Is um, it his job? Is that? It's on Kyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it will be fine. Um, yeah, because yeah, I'm not gonna make it. So. Uh, yeah, no, I'm really it's... proud of you for making that choice, by the way. And I'm shocked. Oh, it, there was non-negotiable with, uh, with, with Carrie. I was like, oh, okay. that's cool. Like wedding on Saturday, fifth half mile on Sunday. And she says, don't even think about it. <laughs> oh God. I love her so much. She's my favorite person. <clears throat> Chris, I am so happy for you. Congratulations. Oh. On sub three in the marathon. Thank you for giving me the honor of getting to hear all about it firsthand and getting to do this with you. And I hope you continue celebrating. And seriously, I hope you're super proud. A lot of us saw a lot of the work that you put in to make this happen. And I just hope it feels so rewarding and that you're so proud and that you celebrate forever. Oh, thanks, Allie. Yeah. I mean, like this one, it was a, it was a long time coming and, you know, it fallen short so many times to the public. Um, but you know, for all those people out there who, whether your three hour barrier is four hours or five hours or whatever it might be, like you just got to take enough cracks at it and eventually you'll break through. Um, so thanks so much for doing this. Um, I will jump on a podcast with you anytime. Oh, you're the best. Congratulations. Really proud of you. Thank you all for listening to this episode. This episode was produced by Jasmine Fair. I love doing this for you guys, so please do me a favor and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify that helps us grow the show and get even more awesome guests. 
Let me know what you're enjoying about the show. Make sure you're subscribed or following on your favorite podcast players. Please share this episode with your friends if you think that they'll get any value or inspiration out of it. Let's build this thing together. Visit SidiousMag.com for a lot more. We've got a brand new website with tons more articles, videos, and podcasts. As always, I love track and field. I'm Chris Chavez. See you next time.